Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. This is Episode 10, Building a 7-Figure Personal Brand with Angie Lee. Hello and welcome to the Erin May Henry Show. I am your host, mentor, and friend, Erin, and I'm here to teach you how to show up and feel confident to be unapologetically yourself and get paid for it. This podcast is all about personal branding, and we dive deep into topics such as mindset, growing a global community, social media marketing, and building your online empire. If this is our first time meeting, then welcome my beautiful friend. I am so incredibly excited to have you here. When I'm not podcasting, you can usually find me on my YouTube channel, all about business and mindset, hanging with my community in the May Collective Facebook group, or of course, drinking a wine somewhere down in sunny Australia all of which you are totally welcome to join me. If you're ready to shake things up and step up to the plate as the game changer that you were created to be, then this is the podcast for you. So let's jump in to today's episode. Hello and welcome back to another episode, my beautiful, sweet friends. I'm so excited to be bringing you today's chat. This this lady literally needs no introduction. If you've been anywhere on the internet in the past year or so, I'm sure that you've heard her name. Angie Lee is the host of the Rich Bitch Podcast. She is a mentor and coach for wellness entrepreneurs, and she's an incredible an example of what a personal brand can be when you just show up and be unapologetically yourself. I'm so honored to be able to have this chat with Angie Lee and share her story with you today. So let's jump in to the episode. Angie, welcome to the show. I'm so incredibly excited to have you on. Yay. Thank you for having me, Erin. I'm so excited and so grateful to be here. So I must admit, when I very, very, very first started thinking about doing the podcast and then I was thinking about, you know, should I just do solo episodes or do interviews? The thought of interviewing you was one of the reasons why I actually decided to do interviews because I was like, if there is anyone I want to dive deep into how they built their personal brand, it has to be you. So thank you for being the inspiration for (laughs) these episodes. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. That's so kind. That makes me so happy. I love podcasting. And like I told you before we jumped on, it's been such a gift. And not only is it so fun, but it's such an awesome way to communicate with your audience and I found you obviously on YouTube and I immediately loved you. And so I think it's so cool that we're finally connecting and it's like coming full circle for us. I know, I know. And as I was just saying, I'm definitely going to be needing to get my butt out to the States sometime soon, but awesome. So I'm sure everyone knows who you are that is listening to the show because I have spoken about you so many times already, (laughs) but if there is anyone that is meeting you for the first time, you know, you have such an inspiring story. I love all of the posts that you do on Facebook about, you know, where you are and where you've been, but you know, it feels like you've honestly had about a thousand lifetimes. I'm going to say it just feels like there's been so many different sections of your story. Can you just kind of walk us through, you know, briefly how you got to where you are, you know, from basically, as you said, a college dropout to a seven figure internet entrepreneur? 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So in college is when I started a lot of the blogging, a lot of putting myself out there. And I remember at the time people thinking, this is silly. This is crazy. How are you actually going to monetize this? Who's doing this? I mean, seven, eight years ago, it wasn't a trendy thing to have an online business and have a blog and to be monetizing. That wasn't like a thing. And now obviously everybody and their grandma wants to do it. And so I just remember thinking, I don't know what it was, but I, I'm really good at forecasting. I love forecasting trends and social media and marketing and where things are going to go and what's going to happen. I can just feel it. I have a pulse to it. And I remember thinking the internet and social media is literally going to change how we consume information, how we are entertained and how transactions are made. Like I just knew it. I was like at at 20 years old. I said, this is the future. The future is that I'm going to be able to run an entire business from my laptop one day and I will be serving and helping women from around the world. And people thought I was kooky, obviously, and thought, (laughs) well, there's MySpace and that's kind of cool. And yeah, this new thing called Facebook just appeared. But what are you talking about? So I would share stuff on Facebook. That was the platform that existed. And I thought, why not treat it like a business? So I started treating my Facebook like a business and giving valuable fitness tips, health tips, and really using it as this free blog in a sense, in addition to blogging and sharing articles. And I started doing freelance health writing and then had a food distribution company. So it's been definitely a lot of different endeavors that I've tried out. I was a nutritionist. So I've gone through a lot of different things. I obviously left college early to finally pursue a lot of this. And I realized that there is this advantage to just jumping in and getting messy and a college degree wasn't going to be the the golden ticket to getting clients or to learning how to brand and promote myself online. So I I just jumped. It's very in my Angie nature to just... If I'm not fully happy or excited, I just leave a situation. So I am a true entrepreneur. A true entrepreneur. I said, I'm going to go do what I actually want to do because I'm super young. Life's really short. Why not do that? And it's been this really cool transition from health coaching out to business and life coaching. And now most of my coaching is around business and sales. So helping women to promote their work online. Majority of those women are health and wellness professionals. But then I do have some photographers, artists, other women that I've helped as well. But it's been really, really fun. And um, that's my cliff notes is really someone who just put out hours and hours and years and years worth of content, building this audience. You know, it takes so much time and so much sweat and just sweat equity of putting out so much free, valuable stuff for years and years. And then you finally built, built this audience. And my passion for health and fitness started to die off a little bit. I think, you know, I know you were huge in health and fitness and it's, it's a great platform. I think it's something that you either stay with it hundred percent or you use it as a leaping pad and you yeah. use it as, um, um, you use it as what's the word I'm looking for. Almost like a, yeah, like you use it as a leaping pad to take you to the next step. And one day I woke up and realized that I wasn't super passionate about food and fitness and workouts anymore. I really wanted to talk to women about money, branding, marketing, entrepreneurship. And women started to ask me, which I'm sure happened to you, how did you do it? How did you monetize? How did you go full time? How did you leave your corporate job? Oh my God, you're in debt. And I started getting these emails and I'm like, oh my God, people want to know that. Women actually are very curious on how to make money online. That's a huge, like we're in this world. So we, we know this world and we think it makes sense to us, but majority of people don't know that. So literally helping women through that process now has become my career, which is amazing. (laughs) 
So, so, so incredibly inspiring. And I do agree that, you know, with health coaching, it is either, or with health, anything, I wasn't health coaching, but it kind of is one of those I, 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 training wheels for a lot of people. I think it's because everyone has this slight interest in it. It's really easy to talk about. It's really fun to talk about, but then, you know, from that, you really do grow into new passions and new endeavors, which, you know, has worked out really well for you. But yeah. one thing I really, really wanted to speak to you about, cause this is something that's been on my mind. And I think it's a really great opportunity to kind of teach the audience something. You mentioned that you dropped out of school, but you are just so incredibly knowledgeable when it comes to marketing and sales, the way you articulate things, the way you teach. Am I right in assuming that you're self-educated through a lot of this? Yeah. I I think it's something that you just understand. I think you have a knack for it. Of course, with any, like anything in life, you can get better at it. But since a young girl, I remember studying sales and marketing books and studying how different companies position their copy and their colorings, the coloring and the fonts and the websites. And I just started to study things and see the world in a different way. I don't see things just as a pure consumer. I see things as a marketer. I literally just have a marketing brain. So there's part of me that wants to say, yeah, I was just born a marketer in a sense. I love sales, not in the fact that, oh, I want money. I see sales as this beautiful transaction, this beautiful energy exchange. And as a woman, I think there's nothing more powerful than knowing that there's worth to what you have and having that beautiful exchange. So I love teaching women about heart-centered, authentic sales, not like this old school, like buy this now or else, like sleazy, corny, gross stuff. No, I think the word sales needs to have this beautiful, new, fresh perspective on it. And marketing, as you know, I know you love marketing and branding. Marketing's everything. Marketing is your copy, your voice, your messaging, your storytelling. I truly believe that I've learned the craft and the art of sharing my story and sharing who I am. And that's a huge part of sales, quote unquote. So I love teaching women about that as well. And it has mostly been self-taught. It's been a lot of mentors, a lot of conferences, a lot of personal development, podcasts, books, teachers. I invested a ton in other business coaches and marketing coaches when I first started and I couldn't quote unquote afford them. But I was like, I'm going to find the freaking money to do this and to have them help and learn from them. I wanted to learn from the best of the best sales and marketing coaches of how they were doing what they're doing. So yeah, it's self-taught, but honestly, it's been a lot of me always being the student. As you know, that's the secret. You always have to still be the student. And now I'm in that stage again. I'm like, okay, I need another mentor and I need more coaches and conferences and it never really ends. But I do believe some people have a marketing brain naturally and some have to work on it a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. So constantly in the pursuit of knowledge and, you know, you're always sharing books, you're always sharing resources, which is so helpful. But what's your advice then maybe to someone? Because we do talk a lot about mastery being one of the key pillars to personal branding. If you really want a memorable personal brand, you got to know your shit, basically. You can't just be, you know, surface level information. You've got to be able to dive deep into topics and prepare to answer the same question over and over and over again, but still be passionate about it. What would be your advice to someone who has a keen interest in something, but maybe doesn't have that kind of innate skill or those innate talents that you have with marketing and sales, what would be your advice to them to go out and to start, like, where should they start in that accumulation of knowledge? That's amazing. My advice is to always get messy. Of course, getting messy is always going to be the best experience, you actually working with humans is going to be greater than any resume, any certification, any degree. When you start working with a woman, whether you're a business coach, a life coach, a health coach, it's always different than the textbook says it's going to be. And I've become a good coach by first starting out as probably not a good coach. (laughs) I've become a good speaker by first not being a good speaker. I've become all of these things by at, at first, it didn't 
you know, at first it didn't look good. And I think that that's just part of being an entrepreneur is knowing that my first time being a marketer wasn't beautiful and I didn't close all my sales and I didn't have these amazing six figure launches. Like it was like, Oh, two people signed up. Yay. I'm going to get better. And so I'm dedicated and I'm obsessed with getting better. And I'm, I, I know that in order to get better, I have to first look a little stupid and I think that's okay. And I think that's just part of life. There's these growing pains that come with business. So for the women listening to this, who feel like, gosh, I still have so much to learn that shouldn't stop you from at least starting. Start now yeah. before you're ready. Always start before you're ready. That is the number one multi-million dollar secret is start before you are ready. And then be open to getting mentors, coaches, taking courses, studying what someone else is doing who's doing very similar work to you. And obviously you're going to stay you. Don't, don't try to copy or be her, but kind of study what other people are doing and say, okay, I like this with what they're doing. I don't like this with what they're doing and assess. And it's really about getting messy before before you have all of these pieces in play, especially when it comes to being a really good coach. I think that you have to be willing to just get that client experience. Yeah, yeah. A, a question on that then, because this is something yeah. that I often get asked and I would love to hear your perspective on that. You obviously said just jumping in, start working with people. But then I know you do talk a lot about raising your prices, charging your worth. Do you recommend there needs to be a period where if someone is kind of new to the game that they are not charging for their services and that they are kind of working with people just to gain that experience? Absolutely. I believe that there is this pay your dues period, as my mom yeah. likes to call it in life. <laughs> Love that. She's like, you got to pay your dues before you get to just chill in life and hang out and do nothing, right? And so there was a part that wasn't sexy when I had to literally call or tell people, hey, I, I can do this for you completely pro bono. In the beginning of your coaching business, the most valuable thing that you can get is testimonials. Testimonials are gold for your business. They are everything when it comes to marketing. And the faster that you can get some good quality testimonials and prove to yourself and to others that you can you can build that social proof, you have an advantage in the market because you're showing social proof. And majority of people before they purchase something, especially women, the female consumer, she needs to see, has this worked for somebody else? That's part of the three questions that are going through her brain that I always chat about is, has this worked for somebody else? So if you're a brand new health coach, wellness coach, life coach, business coach, listening... I know this isn't what you want to hear because you're like, can I just charge $40,000 for one hour? My first thing you told me to, you told me to increase my prices, but in the first few weeks and maybe the first few months, yes, if it's a good fit, maybe have pro, um, maybe have some beta, beta tester prices and then offer your services for free. And this is literally you jumping into the Facebook group, social, utilizing social media and saying, Hey, I'm looking to take on five new women who want to accomplish X, Y, and Z. And this is eight weeks pro bono. And you're doing this in exchange for a client testimonial. And you can say that to them. I would just, I just want to hear a bit about your experience once we're done. That's it. No strings attached. And I have a lot of my girls do that right now because once they gain those testimonials, they're able to build their confidence to now increase the prices and have greater um, have uh, more increased prices and they're able to show that social proof in the market. I love so that. So yes, uh, I'm yeah. a fan of as soon as you can get testimonials and if that requires it being pro bono or a reduced rate, then for a bit, you might need to do that. But ladies, listen, know that there is that line, of course, when if you've been doing this for five years, you don't need to be doing pro bono stuff anymore. So it's that fine line of, okay, do it for about maybe six months to a year and then 
start to really own what you do, raise your prices, own your worth, all of those things that I talk about. And this is why in the beginning, a lot of women do have a part-time job while they're building their online business, which you should. And there should be no shame or guilt around that because you don't have to lead with that gross, icky, like I need clients. It should be, I want clients. And so I always suggest to women, why not have a part-time job while you're building this? It's not like this is something that takes 60 hours a week. And if you're able to dedicate 10 hours a week to creating content, creating your offers, whether that's YouTube, podcasting, putting your voice out there, and then you're not, then you have this comfort, this little bit of this, this, uh, like this, this, uh, this comfort zone in a sense. You have a little bit of a, uh, a space where you can do, you can do this pro bono coaching without feeling like you need the clients and you're coming from this place of desperation. I love that. And just to probably wind up a little bit of a, what do you say, Andy, Angie Vanderchuk, 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 yeah. um, Rand here. Do you guys know about him in, in Australia? Yeah. Love, love, love. He's like, I've read all of his Oh, books. so people are really, really, uh, is the word keen? Are people keen about him there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're massive keynotes for for a bit of Gary over here. But uh, I, yeah. just uh, yeah, wind up maybe a little bit of rant then because I love what you were just talking about about you know having that safety net, having a part time job, whether that be. But I think then that opens the the potential for a lot of excuses to come out, and you know a lot of people to default back to not having enough time, you know, fear, uh, just talking, but what would be your advice to them then saying, I don't have enough time to do all of that. That sounds like a lot of work. Yeah. Well, it is work. (laughs) The unsexy truth is, Hey, you're signed up for this. And for a while, it's going to not be as sexy. You are going to have a little bit of overlap, but guess what happens once you get to that point where the online is built and you've either replaced that income matched it or you've obviously gone way above what you're being compensated in your corporate job, then eventually you've paid your dues in a sense and it's going to be incredible. I think if you want an incredible life of freedom and laptop lifestyle and all of those things, you can't expect that that's going to come without some sort of compromise, hard work, a little bit of the balancing act of, for me, you know, I didn't have a large social life. I'll be honest. It, I still find that very difficult to balance because I have this large company I'm running now and in college and, and after I didn't have this huge thriving social life jobs and building an online business. I had to choose what I needed in order to reach my goals. So really assess if that's watching TV, social life, whatever it is. If you're someone who is still working a full-time job, also know that, okay, something's got to give a little bit so you're not going crazy. And know that eventually you're not going to have that full-time job that's paying the bills. You will make the online full-time, especially if that's the vision and you're committed to it. So it is a lot of work in the beginning. But what I think is beautiful about social media is, again, it's not something that you have to put in 60 hours a week. If you're creating really good, high-quality, high, highly valuable contents and you're doing audio, video, you're getting yourself out there in a very drastic, bold way, you're not just sitting there blogging, waiting for people to read a blog. If you're doing video, audio, um, doing live video, getting on Insta story, really, really engaging and being interactive and doing some collabs. I mean, I would love to hear what you think, Aaron, too. But I think if you're putting a solid 10 to 15 hours in a week, you can actually build a great audience and actually see a lot of traction. I don't think you have to be doing it full time to start generating income or seeing traction in the beginning. Yeah, definitely. I I definitely agree on that front. The video, I think in the beginning does take a little longer. Um, the podcast, as we kind of spoke about before, yes, if 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 time is a um an, an excuse for you, then podcasting would definitely be something that I would suggest because as you just said, that's a real great way to get out there and communicate and build an audience. It doesn't take as much time as I would say video would, specifically if you don't have someone that can edit your videos for you. But 
there is no excuse because there is always a way, even if it's live video. You know, live video, you can just jump on and it's less than perfect and you just, hey, what's going on? So, I mean, yes, I agree that there is absolutely always a way. Yes, 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 yes. So on that note then, so you started the podcast in 2016, was it? Yeah, it's been a little bit over two years now. That's insane. Amazing. I'm such an avid fan of your podcast. It's one of my favorites. Yay! (laughs) Oh, I love it. I love it too. (laughs) It's my my morning routine, um, actually. So when I'm doing my makeup, I'm always listening to podcasts. I'm like, okay, I need to be pumped up for today instead of wound down. Who do I listen to? Angie. (laughs) Who's going to pump me up? (laughs) Uh, But I mean, can you kind of guide us through... So before that, you were blogging with the fitness blog Mm -hmm. before that. So can you kind of guide us through how starting that podcast changed your business? Was it yeah. you know, financially for you? I know that you spoke about how you kind of started it from feeling a little bit disconnected and lonely. So for you personally and for your business financially, what did starting the podcast mean? Yeah. The podcast really helped me to take the intimacy with my audience to the next level. I had an audience before that, but which helped of course, but the intimacy that I've built with my audience from podcasting is literally unmatched. They feel like they know you, which they should. They're in, you know, you're in their ear. And that's what's so incredible about podcasting. I know you experience this on YouTube where these women think they're your, you are their best friend because they're spending so much time with you. And I feel this way. I listen to podcasters I've never met. I'm like, she's my best friend and she doesn't know it (laughs) because I'm listening to her every day and I'm digesting her. And what podcasting did and why I'm such a huge fan of you doing this, who's listening, if that is a good medium for you. And if you feel like it's something you could excel in, it will not only increase the intimacy of your audience, but it will grow your audience tremendously because podcasting is such a shareable medium. It's such an easily shareable medium. I think it's actually an easier share than YouTube sometimes because you could screenshot the picture, send that link to a friend. It's just, it spreads like wildfire, especially once you bring guests on and they share with their community. And such a beautiful way to collaborate, show that you are the expert, get out your information, have it in a, a condensed, clean format. I just really believe that podcasting is the future. I think audio is the future, obviously. And financially, it's been great as well. Obviously, I have some really big sponsorships now with podcasts. And that I waited a while. I, I, didn't, I didn't actually dive into sponsorships until about a year in. I wanted to make the show completely ad-free for a while. And I didn't start bringing that until... About a year in, I started reaching out to some big companies. Now I work with um, Four Sigmatic and Organifi. And I reached out to them and said, I really, really want to partner with you. I use your stuff every single day. I'm obsessed with you. And then obviously it's, it's similar to YouTube where they purchase ad space. So yes, financially it can be very, very lucrative. But women need to know that in the beginning, I wouldn't play that game. I would play the game of, okay, how can I bring so much value to this medium and how can I change women's lives and really build this and put the year or two in of building it and then worry about, okay, do I want to get sponsorships? How do I want to monetize this? But I wouldn't put any ads in for a while until you've really, really built a solid audience. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And I just think any visual audio type content that you are putting out, you know, this podcast is all about personal branding. Would you agree that it's not only helping you to grow your business, but just really grow your brand and to pursue other opportunities even outside the coaching and work that you do with your clients? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I love podcasting. It's my baby. It's (laughs) literally the foundation right now of my business. It's the, the, the cornerstone of my business right now. And it's definitely opened up so many opportunities speaking now with events. I mean, it's, 
it's been such a godsend and it does take work. I mean, it's not as easy as people think it is. It's not just, oh, I'm talking into this microphone every day. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of planning. It's a lot of content creation. But if you love it and you'll know when you do, if it's for you, it's, it's the best job in the world. <laughs> Podcasting is the best job in the world. I love that. I love that. So just kind of to change the dial for a second, because I want to dive deep so much more into your personal brand, because as I said, it's just so amazing how you've got this perfectly, you know, incredible marriage of you and your business. I don't know if I explained that correctly, but, (laughs) you know, often people are so afraid to choose a niche. I think you speak a lot about why niches are so important or niche. and. A lot of what I hear from my audience and from my clients is that they're so afraid to choose a niche, particularly when they are building a personal brand because they feel like they're going to pigeonhole themselves or that they aren't able to share, you know, the multi-dimensions of their personality and they're going to be leaving their other passions behind. But I just think you are the perfect example of why narrowing down but still showing who you are is so effective in growing your audience and essentially growing your business. So Mm. do you have like any strategy or is it kind of off the cusp for how much business you're showing versus Angie you're showing? Yeah. Yeah. You know, Erin, it's so funny. I have been interviewed a lot lately and I keep getting this question, but you, you articulated actually very, very well. I keep getting this kind of the same, roughly the same question about like the authenticity and sharing that. And I wish I had a strategy and a formula. And it's so interesting that I didn't even realize I was doing this. I didn't even realize this was like a thing that I was doing well. I was just like, hey, I'm being Angie. I don't know. It's the easiest thing I know how to do is just to be myself and share my story. And so I want women to know that this doesn't have to be something that's super intense or strategic. I think save the strategy for your funnels and all your other important pieces of your marketing and your company. But man, when you gals can learn to just be yourself and show up as who you are online, and then yeah, you also happen to have products and services. I think that's the win-win situation. And I, I do see this as the teacher and the friend. So at all times on social media... I'm doing this obviously subconsciously, but I know that this is something that I have to sometimes coach my women through a little bit is be the teacher and be the friend. So you always want to be the girl next door. I always say like the girl next door that someone's like, you know what? I feel like I could talk to her. I feel like I know her. And when women meet me, they say, oh, you're just like who I thought you were on the podcast. Like that is what I always, always want. But then I also want this level of I'm a teacher. I'm an expert. I'm credible. You're coming to me so you can look up to me and I'm an example and I'm a role model for you. I don't want to let you down. I have I have those two that I'm constantly balancing. And I think on social media, people want both. They want to feel like, man, I want to, I want to be her. I want help from her. I want her expertise. But I also feel like she's my friend. And I think when you can master that on social media with those relatability points, with story, with sharing your personality, whether that's weird or quirky yeah. or <laughs> serious or whatever it is, you don't have to be any certain way, just be you. And if you can bring that to the surface in a beautiful way, yet also tie that to offers, you've literally mastered the, the trifecta no, that's not a trifecta, but you've literally mastered this beautiful marriage of marketing, which is really the secret to a, a really strong personal brand, as you know, is mastering those two. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And then obviously, in my opinion, the growth of a personal brand, particularly, I just think organic is the only way, you know, ads have their place for business and all of that. But I think if you're trying to grow your personal brand, put yourself out there for book deals, speaking deals, 
it all is based on your audience and the only way to really do that is organic. So you seem to be, or not seem to be, I know you are (laughs) the expert and have really kind of cracked the code on organic marketing. What's your best advice for women who are just starting out and trying to make a name for themselves? Like, I don't know if we can even talk tangibly here. What are the best, you know, platforms or... Oh my God, you have such good questions. Aaron is just crushing the pod game right now. <laughs> I'm like, dang. Honestly, ever since I thought of this podcast, I'm like, oh my God, I would just, I'm just asking you the questions that I've always wanted. You'd want to know, yeah. Well, you messaged me yesterday, like, I have good questions. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like, oh snap, Aaron just got these questions on point. Um, organic marketing. Okay, this, again, this was an accident. As you could tell, this is a lot of this has been like accidental for me. This wasn't like, oh, I'm going to be really good at organic marketing. Like, it's just been like, oh, I don't want to run ads. So I was kind of lazy about it or just felt like, eh, I'll do that later when the company's generating even more revenue. And now it's to the point where I'm so pat, like I should have ran ads a long time ago. Like we absolutely are in a place now with a seven figure company that we can be running ads every day, but I still am at the point now where I'm like, okay, maybe next month we'll start them. But the, we're getting such good feedback and we're receiving we have wait lists. I mean, I don't necessarily need ads right now, but I do think for brand awareness, there is a time and a place. So if you're very advanced in your business, ladies listening, and you have some of the capital to flush back into ads, I think absolutely put some money into ads to bring more brand awareness, be omnipresent, really build more of that awareness to who you are, maybe set up a funnel, challenges, whatever. You could have a freemium, an opt-in attached to that. That's a whole nother kind of obviously convo about ads. But I think organic marketing is mastering who you are and mastering your voice. And I think it's a lot of crafting story and really, really powerful storytellers are really, really good salespeople. And I do believe that the best storytellers are the best sellers, which means get really good at who you are. Why is it you do what you do? If you're a health coach, you're probably a health coach because you because you have this amazing story and you have this transformation and this thing that you've experienced in life that now has motivated you to go help other women. You sharing that's going to get way more engagement on social media than check out my kale salad today. Hashtag kale salad. Like People don't want to see more information right now. They don't want to see more facts and details, especially women. They want to see more human connection. They want to feel more human connection. They want to feel like I know her. I know her journey and I want to keep watching it. And that's my biggest secret for organic marketing is becoming really, really good at becoming a storyteller and connecting with your audience, knowing who you're speaking to. Obviously the niche, niche, whatever it is, (laughs) getting really, really good at mastering that and knowing who is it you're speaking to right now. There's billions of people on the internet. Once you can narrow down on that sub niche, that sub community that needs your assistance, you are going to monetize way faster than if you're trying to speak to everyone. And that's why my work is even super niched right now. Obviously I only work with health and wellness coaches because I don't want it to be all over the place. And it's so much smarter for me as a business owner to be having a specific niche with business coaching too. So yeah, organic marketing is very interesting. I have a lot of episodes on it. I found a few things that I hack a little bit with the algorithm here and there, but it's funny. At the end of the day, it always comes down to what I've noticed, at least for me, when I really sit back and say, what got that post or that video or that podcast to just blow up and do really well, or as you in the YouTube world call it, like this virality, it's always that sticker shock or that human connection. It's yes. always, or not sticker shock, I shouldn't say, it's, it's always that shock factor or that human connection yeah. of, oh my gosh, I know her. Oh my gosh, she's gone through that too. I need to share this post or I need to share this video because my Aunt Sally needs to see this. It's 
really that human connection. I mean, organic marketing, there's no secret other than consistency, time, mastering your story and knowing who you're speaking to. And you've got to be patient. Organic marketing does take a little bit more time because you're not paying for ads, obviously, which are working faster. So there is no clear return on investment like there is with ads. But I promise you, if you can build that strong personal brand, which I know Aaron loves teaching about, if you can build that strong personal brand, you can get to the point where you can... I mean as long as your offers are clear, you should be able to sell very, very uh, easily or efficiently. So I've got a little bit of a curly question then on that. I know because I <laughs> What have, does that mean? A curly question. A curly question. <laughs> it's just like a kind of left field. This might be a Ooh, okay. weird one. But so I think, you know, and you have such an incredible story, very like rags to riches. You've done so well. You've like, you know, really just built. Rags <laughs> well, I know that's like what we, what we were I love that. But a really great hero journey, I think, that, you know, you've really come from um, a place of struggle. And I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Being able to, through just sheer determination, build an empire. What's your advice then for someone who maybe doesn't have the most exciting story. Do you know what I mean? Mm, maybe they, mm. maybe they don't, they were never homeless. They never had a divorce or struggled with their weight or anything. They just don't, they just kind of just, just plotted along. And now they've decided to start a business or pursue some opportunity. How would you tell them what, what would be your advice for them in storytelling? A few things come to mind. One, I believe we're all a little bit more interesting than we give ourselves credit for. We're humans. You've experienced something on this planet. If you're over 25 years old, you've probably experienced some sort of shit that hit the fan. (laughs) I feel like everyone's gone through some sort of struggle, debt, uh, a fear, a failure, a divorce, a separation, a business failure. I mean, failure is what makes you successful. You actually have to fail in order to be uber successful. So I believe that step you know, to step back and really assess what have I gone through? Are there things that I'm afraid to share that actually would really connect with my audience? Am I discrediting some of these hardships that I've gone through that are actually what are going to... These, these hardships that are going to make me this interesting person. I mean, with, without hardships, we're not interesting actually. And I love that you are positioning that and, and speaking about that because if we all live this perfect little dainty life of my husband's perfect, my kids are perfect, my body's perfect, my bank account's perfect. Like <laughs> who wants yeah. to follow that girl? We're like, cool, we don't want to talk to you. <laughs> yeah. So that, those imperfections are what make us lovable. Those imperfections are what make us real. And I love that because it allows me to just throw this, this, this like shelter down and really allow me to just be Angie. And I know same with you. It's like, is it, it's that really cool feeling, especially as a woman, when you're allowed to just be who you are and you don't have to worry about that. So one, I think that we don't, I think that we don't realize how interesting we actually are to other humans. Reality TV is big for a reason. People are creepy. People (laughs) want to know about you and your dog and all your stuff. Okay. And number two, make yourself interesting. There is so especially with social media now and insta story and editing you can make your life more interesting i've been in pjs all day on interviews and on my laptop like obviously my life is not usually 
Like it's not always that glam. <laughs> so yeah. I have to figure out with Insta story, for example, how do I make my life interesting today? How do I make my life this little storyboard today and break it up into chunks and say, what would resonate with the woman who watches this? How would she think this is fun? And really spicing up your life and making it interesting. And there's three different types of experts. There's research, role model, and... Um, Wait, research. I'm like, why am I forgetting these? Research, role model, and resu- uh, results. And so, in the beginning of your business, you're probably not going to be so much of this results and role model. So, be the research expert, which means yeah. if you don't know what to share yet because oh, I'm new to this and I don't know who I'm speaking to and I'm not an expert, I don't have cool stories, blah, blah, blah. You got to share other people's stuff. Obviously, you're crediting them, but this is when, for example, you get on a video or a podcast and you say, hey, today's episode is all about healing your thyroid. And I'm sharing this because I just heard this amazing podcast about this, or I just read this really great article about this. And I want to share this with you. And you act as if you're the middleman and you're still a valuable resource for that audience. You're just not saying it's your story. Yeah, I love And that. so in the beginning of our journey is we're usually a research expert. We're sharing other people's work. We're learning, we're consuming, we're a sponge. And then we go from sponge phase to this leadership space, stage where we're now the teacher. And so you're going from this consumer to this teacher. And now you're saying, hey, look at me. I'm getting results. I have the story. So for you ladies listening, your life's probably more interesting than you think. And we can always spice it up and make it more interesting. And in the beginning, be a research expert then. And slowly you'll evolve into this role model and results expert. I love that. So curation in the beginning and then basically just go write a story, go do interesting shit. So you have something to talk about. Yeah. Be the middleman resource. There's people who follow podcasters and people doing Facebook live and authors and bloggers and Instagrammers. There's people that we follow because she's the ultimate resource to learn more about blah, 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 blah. Not because she actually is the one who's done that. So that doesn't, I mean, that doesn't discredit her and that's still an expert in our eyes. It's someone that, Oh, I know that Susie's going to have the information on this because she's the queen of you know, uh, losing fat after having a baby. She knows all about it because she's always reading articles and she's doing all of that work for me because your, your viewer and your reader doesn't want to do that research. So you're doing it for her. I love that. I love that. Mm-hmm. So to change direction again, because I, I, just, I want to make sure that there's like a couple of things that I really need to cover because I just think you are going to have such great opinions on them. So firstly, I know you speak a lot about anxiety um, and to me, I don't know, to the outside world, I don't know if you would classify yourself, but you seem to be a very extroverted. But mm-hmm. do, have you ever struggled with kind of confidence when putting yourself out there? Do you have those days where you're just like, oh, like I, I feel like I'm going to be judged or like mm-hmm. what does your kind of confidence journey look like? Yeah, that's such a great question. I am very extroverted. <laughs> if people didn't already know, I am definitely very extroverted. I, I've done that test and it was like 99.9% extroverted. Really? So I love humans. I thrive from social connection. I definitely still need some alone time. But um, when it comes to confidence, I believe that confidence comes with time. Yeah, And confidence comes with first looking really stupid and silly, going back to that imperfect action and I had to do that. I had to look stupid before I'm in a place now where I'm extremely confident in what I do. I know that I know what I'm doing. I love what I'm doing. I know the vision of the company. And of course, there's days where I think, oh, I wish I looked more like her. I wish I had that more like her. But then I just go back to, this is my life. This is my story. And the only way to become really confident is to constantly practice confidence. I actually think confidence is a practice. I don't think it's something that you just have or you don't have. I think you have to constantly say to those gremlins in your brain, like, Hey, you are good enough or Hey, you're smart enough, pretty enough, whatever enough and constantly 
re, uh, it's like you're training your brain to believe that it's confident. And it's this act as if model. It's almost like you are manifesting that you want to be confident. So you're acting confident. And then the next thing you know, you are confident. <laughs> so yeah, it's really that. this, this, um, it's really this like beautiful evolution of I'm going to get messy. I'm going to look stupid, but I know after I look stupid for a bit, I'll then wake up and realize that I'm worthy of this. And confidence comes from that. Oh, I love that so much. And that, and that really, I mean, I love when there's uh, fluidity between these interviews and pretty much all the experts say differently in their own words, the same thing we heard a couple of weeks ago. Um, confidence is like chips. The more you get, the more you can bet. So bring it in, the, the bigger risks that you can take. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, in being so extroverted then and being around people all the time and giving so much content and yeah. coaching and all of this stuff, I know you spoke about how you do need to take time to protect your own energy and really to fill yourself up. And thank you for that. Because as I did reach out to you, I said, I went into an energy healer and it was phenomenal um, in just really having that realization that when you do give so much, you have to put back into the bank. Do you have a practice for how you really fill yourself up? Yeah. I'm so glad you asked that because this is now been a huge part of my growth this year. It's actually what I'm working on is more boundaries and protecting my energy as this company is really, really growing really fast is knowing that if I'm the asset, I am constantly speaking, being interviewed, interviewing someone on a live video, uh, recording a video for my course on a coaching call. I mean, it, it never ends. I mean, it's a lot of energy that I give or speaking at an event. It's always, it's always on for me. And I realized one day, wow, I have this gift where I'm able to do that at a higher capacity than most people. I do believe it's my zone of genius, but at the same time, it doesn't mean that it's always enjoyable or I should. And so this is where I've brought on a larger team. I've hired more help because I want to stay only in that zone. So one, I decrease my energy output and my decision-making process in other areas of my life. Literally everything from scheduling to groceries to I literally like my life is only this now. I want to get to the point even more so where I wake up and this is what I do. I'm either speaking, I'm creating content, and I don't do anything else in my business, literally. If someone else is uploading, someone else is editing, I'm taking basically shit off my plate yeah. <laughs> is what is the step one. And number two, I have days where I'm not creating anything. I like to take Saturdays and Sundays where I'm ideally not creating a lot of content or not speaking to people because... As you know, if I'm this energy and I'm this asset that's putting out all this energy, eventually you do burn out. And this is why a lot of female entrepreneurs and leaders get anxiety or they get burnout or adrenal fatigue is because I'm doing, I'm always doing, 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 pushing, 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 I'm giving, I'm giving. And then at the end of the day, I mean, I've been on, there's been weeks where I've done so many coaching calls, so many podcasts, so many interviews that by Sunday, I literally... I don't even know what happened. I'm just like, oh my God, I'm so tired. Yeah. But not, not like a body tired, but by like a brain tired. And you're just pissed off and you're unmotivated and it's, it's not good. And so I'm learning to manage that. And now I have this healer and chiropractor that I'm going to who is helping me to increase that frequency. So essentially, the only way to be able to help and serve more people, especially if you want to be a speaker or a leader, is to open up your frequency and your body almost. So my physical body won't shut down with it number one, and then breaks. I mean, it's, there is no like $500 million supplement for this, unfortunately. I mean, at the end of the day, this is like, this is not like, oh, just drink some green tea. This is like, you got to just separate yourself, turn off the phone at night, have one to two days a week where you don't do shit, really outsource, get help, build it like a company, not like a consulting job. And it's been crazy to really make some of these shifts. And it's so hard. And 
I'm not perfect. I'm trying to get better at it because it's definitely something that I think women aren't aware of when they get into business. And then one day it hits them and they're like, oh my God, it's because I give so much. And especially as creators, I mean, we're creating. Creating is literally like the most active energy ever. It's creation. We're literally putting all of our heart and soul into every video and every podcast that by the end of the day, just like, oh my God, I can't do it. And then really, I need a lot of sleep. I sleep a lot. I need a lot of rest. I I do rest a lot. I take like little mini 20 minute power naps here and there. I do lots of walks outside. I exercise a lot. I eat really well. I play with intermittent fasting a little bit. I mean, I'm still trying to figure out like, wow, how do I be this optimal human being so I can give so much energy and almost be like superwoman, but also <laughs> repair and heal and sleep and take care of myself like superwoman? Because it's not reason. It's just it's not reasonable. Not even reasonable. I don't know if that's the word, but it's not um, sustainable. It's not sustainable. It's really not. I think that if you and I keep going at the same pace and think that we can do it without help, that's absolutely ludicrous. You need help in your company. I don't care if you gals are a few months in and this is a babysitter for your kid or if this is a VA who works for you five hours a month. I mean, get help in your business. Do not try to build this alone. That would be my first first huge tip on energy management. I love that. I I mean, I was going to jump into the question. So what's your advice for people who are just starting? But yeah, it's, it's no different managing your energy, managing your health and where possible outsourcing. It might not be a VA right now, but it could be an ironing lady or something like yeah. that. Yeah. An ironing lady. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> and think about it. The advantage to you having a business, you ladies who are, are working the nine to five while you're building this, you know, what's really cool about that is you also have this asset called money that you can funnel back into the company. Obviously not all of it, but parts of it to then get help. So guess what? If you can take some of that, even a few hundred bucks a month, put that into a VA, which then helps you to buy yourself more time, which is what you wanted more of because you're at the nine to five, you just won. And now you're at the same level as everyone else who is putting in 50, 60 hours a week, but doesn't have that assistance or the the funds to funnel back into the business. So having a job while you guys are building this actually isn't the worst thing in the world. And getting help is going to be the game changer. That person, the, the entrepreneur that can buy themselves more time is the one who wins because you're duplicating the process and you're making it sustainable. I love that so much. That was very Gary. I love it. Everyone's like, I'm going to go get help now. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Well, yeah, you need it. (laughs) You can't do this alone. Honestly, even, you know, um, I had my VA all throughout last year who went off to have a lovely little baby, but even just bringing George on now has been an absolute game changer doing all the editing. Everything, everything for YouTube is done by George. Oh, I just have to show up and look pretty. <laughs> but yeah, no. I love that. That's amazing. Insane. insane. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. I have one more question before we do jump into the fun game. Um, Let's but this do is it. I just want your um, perspective on it and opinion on because I think it's something that it does, it does make a lot of people not want to give so much of themselves online. But I think a huge part of being like a game-changing personal brand, which you are and being really memorable, is being cemented in your opinions. So having very strong opinions and sticking to them and talking about them regularly because nobody ever, you know, changed the game by sitting on the fence or being everyone's cup of tea. But do you ever get challenged on them? Like, you know, hate you could say, but more so than just, you know, negative comments, like real people challenging your opinion, saying you're wrong, um, calling you out on things. And if so, how do you handle that? Yeah. No one ever changed the game by sitting on the fence. I love that. Is that your quote? Oh my gosh. I need this quote. 
Well, no, I just got I don't know where it's from. <laughs> I don't know whose it is. Okay, well, tell me if it's yours. I'm, I just posted that. Oh my god, I love that. That's so beautiful. Okay, we'll, say, so we'll say it's mine. I'll claim. You're that like one. it's mine. <laughs> I've heard it in different different ways. Like no one's yeah. ever. Gosh, yeah, like uh, change the game by sitting on the sidelines. I I think that is so true and. I'm so happy you brought this up because this is the second thing I'm really working on this year is filtering through the trolls and the heaviness and the blah, blah, blah. It's like with this lightness and with the beauty of building a brand and an audience and being visible and gaining clients and, and uh, an audience becomes this, there's a little bit of darkness because with everything in life, with lightness, there's darkness and there's this transparency and this polarity and this is where knowing who you are, knowing who your real friends are, knowing what you believe in really is important. And knowing that you're not going to make everyone happy and that's actually okay. And really being okay with that. Not just, oh yeah, I'm not going to make everyone happy, but truly realizing that that's okay if if you have thousands of people watching you and a, and a thousand of those half a million, let's say, don't love you, that's okay. They're not supposed to. And I don't think the vision of this was to build a huge company and have everybody and their mom love you and understand you. I believe that the true fire starters of this world and the light workers are saying things that sometimes people don't agree with or want to hear, but they're triggering people and triggering sometimes can be a positive or a negative thing. Usually when someone lashes out to you, it's something that they're processing and dealing with. 99.9876% of the time, if someone's mean to you, it's because they're hurt inside themselves. And so I remind myself that if someone's mean to me, and I don't get it a lot, but if I get a mean comment or I don't like this podcast episode or blah, 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 I don't like what you're wearing and silly, silly stuff. I just remember like, hey, this girl is most likely one, obviously jealous. Like, let's just be real as humans. Yeah. We do that when we're wanted, when we're feeling that way, which is just pure sadness and just really not feeling enough ourselves or feeling adequate. And... um I always remind myself to just pray for that person and send them love because I lose if I'm holding the the hot stone and I'm holding that pressure against them and realize that they're probably going through something right now. And whether that's jealousy or just wanting something that they don't have or guilt or shame, or they went through a lot of pain in childhood, who knows? Anytime someone's mean to you, ladies on social media, it's usually just something they're processing themselves. It has nothing to do with you. Read the four agreements and one of the four agreements in that book is to take nothing personally. And <laughs> once I started implementing that into my business and thickening my skin a little bit, like I still have a very soft heart, but I have thick skin, which means that I love humans. I'm super empathetic and sensitive, but I know that I'm running a business and that's just part of the game of, of really building a huge empire and really building a large community is that there's going to be some people who just don't like you for sometimes the silliest reasons. I mean, you you know this being in YouTube. Oh my God, there's so many trolls on YouTube. It's, it could be your hair color. It could be things that are... I mean, that's a controllable, but it could be your height or things that are so silly and stupid and have nothing to do with your message that you yeah. just actually have to laugh. I use humor a lot. Obviously, if you guys follow my show, you know I'm a very weird person. And I've utilized humor a lot to cope and to help with anxiety and the pressure because... It's funny if some dude writes something or some girl writes how she hates you or hates this picture or blah, blah, blah. It's like, it's kind of funny. It's like you, you, you actually won because you got her attention. So it, I mean, who really lost in a situation? <laughs> so. You're, you're going to absolutely hate the number one comment that I get that will like just, you know, annoying hate comment that I get is you have a terrible accent. <laughs> <gasps> they say that. Is it Americans? Always. Oh they always, oh my or, they, or they tell me that I have a weird British accent. That's so funny. Oh my God. And what do you say? You just don't say anything. Oh, I just bad. don't say anything at all. I just like, I, I, I sit there and laugh. Like I love those comments. Like they, yeah. 
they like fuel me because there's just like, see, I get more upset about the ones that are like, you know, challenging my opinion or like what you said, I don't agree with, blah, blah, blah. That like plays in my mind, but like the, you like you're ugly <laughs> and all this stuff. I'm like, Oh, thanks. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so funny. Yeah, yeah. You just have to laugh it off because nine out of 10, that troll, I call them trolls, loving yeah. trolls. They are not probably doing what you're doing. If they had the balls to be on video or to be, to be a podcast host themselves. I mean, I have to remind myself that like that girl or that guy writing that is probably not doing what you're doing. It's never a, another amazing light worker an amazing like human being who's like, Oh, you suck. It's usually someone who's not making a difference in this world or not doing something huge. I've never received negative comment from someone who's also making a huge difference in this world. It's always from someone who's just like, I don't know. I'm pretty sure I heard when you were um, speaking to Amanda Bucci about it's probably a 16 year old boy sitting in his basement. Yeah, like, literally, like, literally. It's like probably a creep in, in his basement. So it's like, whatever. whatever. I love it. I love it. I love it. That was so incredibly inspiring and insightful. And I know there's going to be so many golden nuggets that people are really going to be able to take away and implement Yay. in the growth of their own personal brand. But just to get to know Angie a little bit better, we do have some fire line questions to ask you are you ready there's not many I'm ready there's not many we found that they need to be quite short but you need to answer (laughs) as soon as you possibly can okay okay Okay, I don't know them either so this is scary I change them every week as well so no one's ever going to get to know them (laughs) on the ball alrighty what is your absolute favorite food pasta and peanut butter (laughs) pasta and peanut (laughs) I can't choose Well, I have eaten them together, actually. I know. I've put peanut butter on pasta before. I know. I'm Okay, so it's peanut butter. It's peanut butter. (laughs) Oh, my God. Now you're throwing me off. I must admit, I must admit, I still am like a child, and sometimes I will just eat pasta with, like, Nutalex. Do you have that? It's like a... No, what is that? It's like butter, but not actual butter. Oh, nice. Anyway. Okay. (laughs) Okay, you just threw me off. But (laughs) what's your favorite song of all time? Oh, oh, uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire, September, September. (laughs) If you're a famous man, who would you be? (laughs) If you are a famous man, um, oh my gosh, uh, Brad Pitt, duh, because I'd be sexy. You just stare at yourself all day long and be like, hey. Hey. <laughs> no, wait. I know who I'd be. Doctor, what was his name on YouTube? Oh, Dr. Mike. Dr. Oh Mike. God. Ladies. Ladies. Go look up Dr. Mike on YouTube. See, You're why are you throwing me off again? Now I'm thinking about him. <laughs> you have a boyfriend. We both have boyfriends. George and I watch him together. Not again. <laughs> George is like in love with him as well. It's fine. Oh my God. That's so funny. (laughs) What is one really bad habit that you have? Mm, Biting my nails. Me too. It's so bad. What's something super weird that you always think about? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What's coming to mind? Um, Oh my gosh. I can't. What do I think about that's super weird? Um. I think I overthink our existence a lot. I'm definitely a big dreamer. I'm always like, what are we doing here? I'm definitely one of those those people that's like, I think I'm probably an alien from another planet. Oh my God, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to write a book, what would you call it? I am writing a book and it's called Raise Your Hand. So 
I knew that. I knew that. I knew um, that. I knew that. <laughs> I just, I just, I still hoping to get like a secret announcement, but I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure you've already announced that everywhere. <laughs> kind of, not a lot though. So there you go. <laughs> when you were little, what did you want to be when you grew up? A uh, broadcast journalist and a uh, lady at SeaWorld feeding the dolphins. So a marine biologist. <laughs> Although that's like, there's been a lot of situations where people have got really hurt doing that. I know. So. I know. I don't want to get eaten by a dolphin. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if you could have a superpower, what one would you have? Oh, man. <laughs> the ability to... Mm, I want to say fly, but it's not those things. <sighs> Oh, what's coming to mind? Um, I want the ability to be in two places at once. That's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Like cloned or just like... Yeah. No, it's me. But yeah, I guess I would be a clone then. Oh, that's hard. (laughs) Just wanting to do more and be with more people at once. And so, yeah. Yeah, that would be my superpower. (laughs) All right, tough one for you. Gary Vaynerchuk or Tony Robbins? Ah! Am I marrying them? Am I what? What is going on? Just, just, just. Who is your preference? Uh, man, I'm gonna say Tony, but get, oh, it's so close. But it's so close. <laughs> yeah, Tony, definitely Tony. Tony. <laughs> that was that was that was like um, just a funny story. When we were out for a friend's birthday the other day, they were the black eyed peas were in where we were, mm-hmm. and everyone's like, "Oh my god! Oh my god!" I'm like. It's not Tony. I just, I don't care. Oh, they were sitting right there? <laughs> they, literally next to us. And I was just like, unless it's Tony oh or gosh. Oprah. <laughs> That's so funny. Like, unless it's I'm Tony I'm not peeing my pants. <laughs> I'm not peeing my pants. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh my gosh. Thank you so, so, so much for it coming on the show. That was honestly so much information. And as I said, I think people are going to be really able to take a lot out of this and really apply it to their own businesses and brands. Oh. Oh, thank you so much. I loved this. Thank you so much, Erin. This was so much fun. My absolute pleasure. Thanks, Angie. Bye. Talk to you soon. So that is it for my chat with Angie Lee. This was obviously a jam-packed episode with so much incredible, valuable advice. I really hope that you took your notes and you're ready to just get out there and really just pursue everything that is going to make you great. We all have to start somewhere, but as long as we start you want to get to where Angie is, making seven figures, having an amazing podcast that's making you an income as well as income in your business, then you've just got to start putting yourself out there. Start growing your audience, start being yourself, start sharing the vulnerable parts as you as well as the amazing gift that you have. And it will all come in due time. I promise you that. But all you have to do is start. So I'm so honored to have been able to chat to Angie for this episode. I really hope that if you are not following her, then you do jump on and stalk her just like I do. And thank you so much for listening today. Bye. So that is it, my dear friend, for today's episode. I really, really hope that it was valuable to you. I really hope that you got some information that you can take away to really start growing a profitable and memorable personal brand and just show up for life being unapologetically yourself. I would be super, super grateful if you could take just a couple of moments of your time to leave me a review on iTunes and subscribe to the podcast if you have not already. I really appreciate you listening today. Thank you so much and I will see you in the next episode.
When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.